And welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. And can I just say that I was watching your head bobbing to the music. And because I can't hear the music in, in my headphones, all I could think was that you're listening to Everybody's Working for the Weekend. <laughs> in my head, of, that's what you're listening to. A little bit of Loverboy? Yeah. A little bit of Loverboy. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to episode why. 206. Um, tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about um, what happens if you're in a gaming group you don't like? Or they've done something that's not appropriate or whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me. And how to handle it and what is your what are your boundaries? Also, that's another thing you can talk about is boundaries. Because I'll be bringing up something that did happen in one of my games that I was playing in. And uh, it kind of passed a boundary that I was not happy about. And, uh, and I think we've all had we've all had games, you know, that we've played in where that's happened. Oh, yeah. So, just, uh, just a way to do that. Before we get started, let's go ahead and thank our sponsors, Muse on Minis, for hosting all of our files and getting things out there for people. And make sure that you go check them out. You can um, click the link, or you can go to their website and type more than dice, all one word, and get 10% off of everything you order uh, on there. And we want to thank uh, Mini Masterworks. Uh, you use the link and our code more than dice MW10, I think is what it is. MMW10. Uh, and you can get also get uh, 10% off your order there, and he has some really awesome products, uh, which everybody has been buying the Vortex Mixer. Anytime I get an email that someone's buy it, bought something, the Vortex oh, Mixer nice. is automatically like one of the... I can tell based on the pricing of what we get, uh, which is good. Um, I need to get one of those. I'm, I thoroughly enjoy this thing. I think this thing is incredibly awesome. Uh, I love it to death. Um... Do we have any tributes this week, John? I'm not off the top of my head, but my week was a motherfucker, so I wasn't really paying attention. I, I didn't see anything either. So Oh, something mm -hmm. happened, and I don't remember. Darn it. This is what I get for not writing things down. <laughs> I don't remember it. I, I didn't see anything magic. either. So, hey, Moe's. Um, so other than that, Let's get down to the real business and what everybody wants to know about. John, what are you drinking? Uh, I have another uh, gin uh, mule, this time with uh, the most gingery of ginger beer that company offers. So extra, extra gingery. Ugh. Ugh. Can't stand ginger beer. Yeah, and you know me. Awesome. I drink beer, just can't stand ginger beer. I can't send regular beer. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, ginger beer isn't actually beer, so, yes, you know. know. Uh, Kathy. Know it tastes good. So, I remembered who it was who passed. Oh. Ivan Reitman. Oh, shit, oh that's right. Yes. That's yeah. right. I felt like that was last week, but no, it was this week. No, it was like <laughs> last day. Yeah. It was, like, it was like right after the cast, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. it was like right after we, we got done, because you were like, oh, yeah, I saw that during the podcast. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah, Ivan Reitman. Um, which, mostly known for what, John? Uh, producer of uh, Ghostbusters and Stripes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and other things. Yes, a lot of other things, but those but, are the ones he's Those are the, yeah, yeah. Also, if you haven't seen Stripes. Oh, Stripes. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's dated. Let's face it. Oh, well, yeah. Those movies are. I mean, it's hard <laughs> to find them that aren't... It's, that it's, aren't uh, uh, dated nowadays. 
Oh, it's funny. Shit, he, was, he was producer on Heavy Metal also. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I did not know that either. Hmm. Space Jam. So, I'm drinking hot chocolate. With? I mean... With us? With heavy whipping cream. <laughs> heavy whipping cream. Because that just makes it even creamier. Don't talk to you about dated. <laughs> uh, oh, we're going to, but we're going to wait to the media section. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my god! And I know what she's talking about. Oh yeah. So I, I I I told her that I was sending her all the text messages she sent me to y'all, so y'all can laugh and crack up at it as everything was going on. <laughs> so we'll get to that. Um, I am, am doing uh, a McCollins uh, scotch, uh, like mm-hmm. usual. Yum. Um, guys, Adepticon's right around the corner. If you haven't gotten your vaccine, you got to get it. Um, if you need to, go get your booster. Take care of yourself. Be safe. Wear a mask. Uh, if you go out anywhere, just be careful. That's yep. the kicker right now. And we're not even just talking about the vaccine. Just be careful. Uh, we like seeing everybody here. We like hearing about it. We like hearing that people listen to the channel, which someone this weekend said they listen to us uh, on their drive. And I'm like, cool. That's kind of neat. Awesome. Um, which is actually kind of fun. So please be careful. Please be safe. From all of us to all of you, cheers. 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 Oh, that's really good. Mmm. Whew. All right, I'm going to go and switch over to the paint cam um, because I do need to get started on these miniatures because I do have to get these all done before Adepticon, which is not going to be too hard. I don't have a lot, but I do want to get in on there. Um, but before we do, before we get started on the topic, I actually brought Warcaster. So I had a small convention this weekend, and I was running the War Machine and Hordes event. And so I brought... Warcaster, so people could test it out and try it, type thing, and tried it. This was one lady; she loved it. She thought it was amazing. Thought it was a lot of fun. Thought it was really quick and easy. Asked the price point value type thing, and well, her and her husband are bought into the game now. So I'm like, score. Uh, but they found out that everybody in their meta also plays it. They just don't. Nobody's talked about it, and I'm like. They all play it separately. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like Like, in the closet, away from other people, because they're ashamed. Well, I guess they've been having problems with their (laughs) local store. Their local store doesn't stay open past 8 o'clock. And, of course, you don't get much playtime when you're off at 5 and then 8 o'clock. So, it's been kind of an issue. I mean, I understand because they're probably having to pay people. I mean, my experience running a store, I was the one who worked after eight. Uh, I'll be honest, the days I left there before, well, earlier in the week, I'd get off. I'd get off OK. But later in the week, I, I wouldn't leave until like fucking 1 a.m. Sometimes later, depending on what people were playing. Yeah, but. I thought it was really good because I, I introduced them to the game. They really liked it. They thought it was fun. And I was like, good. 
and then they bought two starter sets and some models. And I'm like, even better. Cool. So I just was like, cool. More people to play a game I like. Yeah. That's also a good lesson to make sure if you like a game, talk to it. Make sure people know you're playing it. Be like, shout that shit out there. Get on your social medias and just post about the game you're playing. If you're ashamed, quote unquote, to be posting on your social medias, you need to look at your circle of uh, friends on there. And, you know, knowing it works is a damn thing with any of my hobbies because I don't fucking care. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, that's actually a topic that's come up quite a bit recently is people getting back into gaming because of course some stores are opening up and like um, in the war machine and hordes area, people are like, Oh, I'm coming back in and get to play some and stuff like this. And one guy's like, well, why? Because nobody plays the game. And they're like, we have a ton of people play the game. Just nobody has been playing. Yeah. Just because like, you don't play the game anymore and you're not hooked into that uh, group doesn't mean they don't still play. Correct. Let I'm bringing back what we were trying to make big in, uh, 2019 before covid shit all over us let people have their fun yeah. you don't like you don't have to shit on a game just because you don't like it it's okay let them have their fun you know our buddy came in and, you know one of our guys are playing groups like hey you know what do you guys play now there's mike well mostly we're playing marvel crisis protocol some other games here or there but that's the big one the majority of us are playing you know so he's like oh i'm not really trying to get into that i'm like okay that's cool you know, is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it, hey, and what was interesting about the whole topic, because I was at this convention and Kings of War, 40K, MCP, uh, and War Machine and Hordes were the bigger ones. And then somebody had like a four man old school uh, Warhammer. Oh, the know, old the, world? Oh, rank and flank. Yeah. And they wanted to do that. And it's like, okay, cool. Cool. I think um, they call it fifth age or something like that. Yeah, ninth, ninth age. age. Yeah. Ninth age. Yeah, ninth age because eighth edition was the last one, so they're going out yeah. of age. At least until the Warhammer: The Old World comes out, which we think is going to be, you know, a revisit of that. But yeah. we'll see. I have heard people call it Old Hammer too. Yeah. So yeah, Old Hammer is a good name for it as well. There's a lot of people who, yeah. if you hashtag Old Hammer, they'll at least they're still putting models together. It's cool. I mean, another one, and we could turn this into a cast. That I don't think we want to, but. Just because the rules are discontinued don't mean you can't continue to play the game, especially, double especially, in the age of 3D printing. Yeah. But you can cause... find models everywhere for all sorts of things, and you can play whatever the fuck you yeah. want. Yeah, because the topic came up about 40K and you know the price hike and all this other stuff and everything, and I was like, oh, well... I mean, I don't play the game, so they're like, well, what do you think about it? And I'm like, mm. I mean, we don't really. I mean, I think yeah. they have great models. I want to buy a couple of the models for Eldar and paint them. You know? Will it turn into an army? Maybe. Maybe not. Who fucking knows? Yeah. Also, who cares? Yeah. You know? I don't need that many models. don't want that many models anymore. I'd like to uh, play uh, smaller scale games. You get a lot more bang for your buck, so to speak. You have a lot more time to... Like, if I'm spending all this time on a model, like, so we're halfway, more than halfway through February, and I've painted precisely four models this month, this year, and I don't feel bad about it, because I'm playing smaller scale games, so it's all good. Mm -hmm. If I was just playing, you know, 40k, uh, four models is fucking nothing. Yeah, that, that's... You're like, oh, so you're what, like, uh, maybe a third of the way through a fucking unit at best? Oh, yeah, one squad. <laughs> one squad. Half yeah. one squad. 
At this rate, you'll be able to play in time for 14th edition. See, this is why I pin my models to the base instead of attaching them outright so that I can take them off to, to, to paint on them. I had to do that with my ogres because they're big, and I wanted to be sure I could reach all the places on them where I wanted to paint. Wait, so you're telling me on a model like Magneto, I shouldn't have glued him all the way on and then tried to and then painted the cloak while he's on and all? You know what? Some people do that, and that's fine. In fact, uh... I do that. I've been doing that to a lot of my models lately. I painted the entire Holly monster and her fox on a base, on a plinth, and uh, and that seems to work out fine. So yeah, uh, have the cloak separate for Magneto. Trust me. Keep yeah. the cloak fucking separate. <laughs> There's some good advice. Voice of experience. Like, vision was a pain. Magneto's next level pain. Enchantress uh, is okay. Mr. Sinister symbol. You'll notice, of course, there is no cloak on Mr. Sinister because I kept that shit separate. So, anyways, but yes. But yeah, uh, with my ogres, I had them pinned to the bases because I wasn't done painting them and I didn't want to wait until I was done painting them until I could play because I could already feel my excitement for the game waning as the months mm -hmm. went on while I was painting. And I'm like, look, I just need to, I just need to play. Otherwise and I'm going gonna, gonna to just get onto something else. And this is why you don't try and gatekeep or shame people who are playing with unpainted models. Yes. Let them keep their fucking excitement. Yes. A hundred percent. If you want like, to bring plastic models to game with me, and you know that mine are going to be 100% painted, actually, it probably won't be 100% painted. Let's face it. Uh, <laughs> there's a guy locally who would, who would only play people who are fully painted. I'm like, okay, cool, dude, that's your choice. I mean, it's likely you're, you'll never you're paint. You're missing out me, on but... some, uh, some great games, I'm here to but tell you. but That's your call. Do, do yeah. your thing. I mean, I choose currently to play only fully painted for Marvel Crisis Protocol, which made my buddy Spencer, who came back, like, what? But, you know, <laughs> it's just because I've gotten enough painted, and I'm just going to paint stuff and add it and paint stuff and add it. If I, if want, I, can... Go ahead. If I want immersion in my Warhammer universe, I will do the role play. Yes. But do what you want. I mean, so there you go. That's, that, I mean, let people keep their excitement. Don't don't shame. You shouldn't be shaming for any of that shit anyways. Fuck, we're all mm -hmm. just playing with toy soldiers for the Christ's sakes. Yeah. If you're that serious about your toy soldiers, then um, what, what's that phrase? Oh yes, you will not be missed. It's not serious business. It's so serious. It's not. We're having fun here. Having fun, damn it. In fact, I could turn this into a bigger rant, but I won't. Because we're having fun. Because we're having fun. I'm enjoying watching Gonzo paint the little black details on this model. Yeah. I like his masochist models. I think that... <laughs> black and blue, first. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know what's funny? Is I, I took these for people I to play with. Over my head. For, for the demo table. Well, I caught it and, and brought it down for you. There you go. Thank you. you. Thank you. You're Sometimes welcome. I need that help. <laughs> Someone at work said my dad jokes are off the chain and I'm not even a dad. And I'm like, hey! Skills. Look, you know, you've, you've got it or you don't, and you have it, so... They're not really purple at all, Captain Mizzy. That's really blue. And they may be in person, but I can only judge by what I see. Yeah, they're actually much monitor. more purple, because what's funny is, when I put this on the table and was playing with it, the lady I was playing with, she goes, is that purple on there? I'm like, yeah. 
Is that blue on there? Yeah. She picked it up and goes, where'd the per... Oh. Oh. Okay, it's that's pretty magic. cool. It's magic. magic. And they were like, that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It's very cool. Uh, anyways, we... Bruce is at purple too and got like That's galaxies. True. Like galaxies, exactly. So uh, this may come as a shock to everyone, but I try to avoid bruises actively. It's, you know, I, I try to avoid them too, but that doesn't mean that I've experienced some in my time and they have looked like galaxies. I, I try not to look at them. If you look at them, then your mind remembers that that's supposed to hurt. <laughs> what? Damn it, I'm a man raised in the 80s. I have standards I have to maintain of being a quote-unquote tough guy. <laughs> look, I can look at my bruises and they still don't hurt. I mean, that's because women are technically speaking tougher than guys, no matter what guys <laughs> might think. Much better with pain. Yep. A lot of things hurt. I just try to show it. Anyways, let's get past the psychoanalyzing bullshit. Let's go ahead and go with our topic. Because... Well, how about that? That came up, and um, it was yeah. an interesting topic that went on with it. And kind of was like in the middle of the night. And then John popped in at like 6 o'clock in the morning when we were talking that, about it. That'd be 5 in the morning your time. It was yeah. the in the middle of the night chat of why oh why... Do people think role playing is uh, in, in a role playing game like group therapy? Yes. So it was Wednesday at eleven eighteen p.m. my time, which I'll point out I was in bed. Yeah, John so just comes back does, and goes, "Oh, I'll my look phone at does not does not come on does not uh, I, I silence my phone at night. If yeah. you ever yeah. need to reach me, you need to call my ass three times in a row so it'll get through the damn." Uh, it's a quiet mode because otherwise, every little eleven eighteen vibration of my phone on my stand oh, yeah. will wake my ass up. That's <laughs> that me. won't work. You did, except for last night, I forgot to do that, and like at two a.m., Jim sent me a message, and but you know. So yes. Yeah, so, so do you want to go over uh, what happened, Kathy? Since you brought it on, you brought it up. Let's say. Uh. So, I've played in a group that that is super into the role playing and very sort of anti. Uh, They're super into role playing. Really, the R O the R O L E, and not so much into the role playing R O L L. Yeah, yeah, they're into. They're very much like getting into the persona of their characters and acting and. But also psychoanalyzing their characters and and their motivations, and I'm. It's hard for me to just come up with a general motivation for my character sometimes, you know, like what motivates you to do things? I don't know. I don't even know that in real life. People are asking me to make, have goals for my characters, and I'm like, I don't even have goals in real life. I'm one of those people that finds it very difficult to do that. So, like, that's something that might come up in the course of role-playing, and it's fine if it does, 
but it should be a deep and just sudden moment of this is why my character does what they do because you know this shit's no good and the character has to act you know that kind of thing it's like you some know. moment of self-discovery you yeah know, some or, kind or, of realization it's yeah. rare that we come up with the backstory deep enough that would explain well why did your character become a paladin fucking i don't know likes justice fucking like stabbing motherfuckers for justice sounded like a good job <laughs> yeah yeah we don't always think about that like i'm a paladin like that's Sometimes it's beyond the scope of what you want. And that's actually important for role-playing. It's something we get away from. And something that's very well covered in... Uh, and I'm going to go on a slight rant here. In Session Zero, some of those old-school role-players have been shitting on in Twitter. Like, oh, you need Session Zero? Like, no. Session Zero is important. That is where you discuss what basically you all expect from the game. What tone you're going to have. And, you know, what you're looking for. So that this issue doesn't come up you know because if you've discussed it all then you know no one's surprised like oh we're gonna go really deep into our backstories and motivations and all that it'll be a lot of freeform role-playing but not a lot of uh you know Dice killing rolls. the monsters or taking their loot yeah. always someone I... go, oh interesting that's not my cup of tea or that is my cup of tea and i will join you or politely decline based on that or say hey i'm not as into that could we take it in could we add some of this too, so yeah. that they all know and and maybe they agree that yes, okay, since you like to do that, we can have some of this in here too. That would be cool. Yeah, I mean, we have to read the room with that. You have to go. Everyone's really into this, so uh, you can propose it. But sometimes you read the room and go like, they're all really into this. I'm just gonna politely bow out. You know, I'm not trying to change the world. I will. Especially for a lot of people who have lots of role-playing groups and have no shortage of invites. Mm -hmm. uh, Kathy seems to be very popular in her role-playing. <laughs> which is I, good. I have... Okay, speaking to the how do you leave a group uh, where you love the people and... But now I have an in-person game invite. So I've been playing with these people online and I like people and but I have these friends of mine who I used to play with. And they're impersonating again. Who have now in yeah, impersonating again on Wednesday nights and now you have a conflict of schedule. Yeah, so I'm like There's the easy way through this, and I know it's and it's all easier said than done. Don't no one tell me it's easier said than done. I tell people tell me that all the time and I fucking do that. <laughs> Just be honest. Like, hey, my in-person group's turning up again. I love you guys. I love playing with you, but... In-person. You know, <laughs> I've got an in-person game, yeah. and we're only going to do it this time. I, I can't do both. I'm sorry. I miss my I miss my games where I'm punching my friend Jack in the shoulder uh, for doing, you know, crazy, stupid things like murder-hoboing the guy on the doorstep when we knocked on the door and he answered it and he just shot him before we could talk to him. <laughs> it's fine if it's in character. Oh, it totally is. But, you know... You're uh, still like, we want to talk to him. The weird foods that he would bring to the games and he would bring Limburger cheese and sit next to me. He always sat on my left. That's because that's called a party foul. And And... Or, or the time he he brought a quart of uh, chicken liver soup 
That doesn't even weird. sound appetizing so, ever. He has a very interesting palate. Either that or he is the absolute worst troll ever. Like, well, I mean, 100% slam dunking troll master. He absolutely is that too. Okay. So he, he, he's going like, I like chicken liver soup. I'm going to fuck with everyone by bringing it to the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. He knows Kathy okay. doesn't care for that kind of stuff. Hey, Ninja. But, but it's not like he's telling me, wow, you should have some. No, he wants to eat it. And I'm like, oh, my God, do I have to? And I give him a hard time for that. So, oh, hey, John. So, <laughs> I miss that. Yes. So you miss it, but that's fair. Be honest. Like, in all these cases, the, the best way to gracefully exit a group is to be honest say hey the game's not going the way i like or this has come up just tell them the absolute yeah, truth yeah, yeah. they're but, your friends you've been role you playing with them they're and gonna understand it's funny you say that because i remember was it 20 it was early 2020 it was no it was mid it was in the summer anyways it doesn't matter so jack the guy who sits next to me in our mm-hmm. in our old Monday night games, uh, he decided to try and take over uh, running the game. And after our GM's death, yes. So he started running it, and I love Jack. But his game was not one that I wanted to play. The way he was running the game was absolutely. Not, I wasn't having fun. I was irritated at the end yeah. of it instead of happy. Yeah. What, what what was irritating though? What what was different? That's a hell of a uh, so... bound, so. Well, what? No, what was what was irritating about his his running of the game? What was wrong with it? Well, I don't know that there's anything wrong with well, it, but but what was irritating to me was. So he is, he's been playing the game since it was invented. Okay. He's like my dad's age, you know, he's, uh, in his seventies and he's an old grognard. Yeah. He's an old grognard, literally. And, uh, and so he had never run a game before. Not like for a group of people that wasn't in a tournament setting because he always used to run the he was a, a tournament judge for D&D games at Gen Con. And those are the games where you have a group of people and you sign up for the tournament and each table has a judge running this group through. And they all run through the same adventure. And the judge gives them points based on things they accomplish or how many people survived or, you know, just various things. I've never played it that way, so I don't know. Jack was just ex- explaining it to me once, yeah, and it's, it's kind of like yeah. that. But it's timed. So you have a certain amount of time to play through this adventure and accomplish, you know, X number of goals and not die or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So that's how he's running our whatever... Uh, uh, module that he was running us through and uh so if people paused to just think about what they are doing he'd be like 
you need to make a decision because if we didn't make a decision fast enough, something would happen. Something, in quotes, would happen and it probably wouldn't be good. Like something attacking you or yeah, something not... something that's... happening. Like you basically would get punished for not thinking faster. It's a very particular style and, you know, this one a lot of people would not necessarily like. So, and, and I'm not a a fast thinking person in some situations and one of the guys we were playing with is very uh ocd like he's very particular and he does he takes a lot of time deliberating about some of the things that he's doing and and so he ended up dying like three times just in the few weeks we were playing before i quit oh. And I felt bad for that guy. And and that was actually making me angry just how he was being treated. So, you know, I was like, this just isn't worth yeah. it on a number of levels. Yeah. But you know what I did? you're not having fun. I told him that's why <clears throat> I was stepping away. I, I made sure that he knew that it wasn't any hard feelings or that I was mad at him or anything, you know, because it wasn't, it was just no. a play style that I wasn't enjoying. Remember for the most part, things aren't personal unless one side or the other makes it personal. And there's no reason in most cases to make that personal. And I look forward to the next time I can sit next to him as players playing in somebody else's game. <laughs> yeah. So the best way, like literally, like Kathy said, is you just tell them exactly, like, this is why I'm stepping away, and I'm not calling them out. Make it clear. Be as blunt as possible. <clears throat> Sometimes people are trying to look, you're trying too hard to salve someone's feelings. Don't. But don't be, like, rude about it. Just tell them straight up. Blunt and truthful goes a long way. If you're like, hey, I don't have time, or, you know, I stopped me and, uh, not brush a day, stop playing uh, Castles and Crusades because we're like, it's really not our thing. It's like too much like first edition D&D, AD&D, and it, that's not a good system anymore. We love that you guys are loving it. Not really our thing. We're going to step away. You know, and, and enjoy the game. We're not trying to change what you're doing. You like the game system. Why are we trying to change it? We're just going to wander off and move something else. Enjoy. Mm -hmm. You know, that, no hard that... feelings. That ended up happening, I think, with our Shadowrun game, where it just kind of, <laughs> just kind of fell apart. Just, yeah. you know, it, people try too hard to, to not, you know, to, to to save people's feelings when you don't. If they're taking it personally, and I hate to be blunt about this, that's their fucking problem, yeah. not yours. If you're being earnest and nice and respectful, and they decide to take it personally. They have the problem, not you. You can't control how they're feeling things, you know? So don't worry about that. Just make sure that you communicate your position clearly. And at the end of it, they'll make the decision they make. So what about Gonzo's story about leaving a group? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been, I'm, I'm like, been playing for 50 billion years. And I've played every type of system known that I can think of. And... One of the topics that I don't have a problem with, but I know that there's a limit that I'll do. We were playing Vampire the Masquerade. I love playing <laughs> Vampire. 
I think it's a great game system. It's a good storytelling system, so on and so forth. And I'm sitting there playing it, and I had a character, and we were in a club, and this guy was like, hey, I want to go try to seduce, you know, this person, one, so I can feed, and two, because I'm a horn dog. I'm like, I wasn't the GM. I was a player. And, you know, no big deal. I don't have a problem with that. Until they came up, and they were, like, describing the sex in detail. Like, I'm going to take my fang and pierce clit. And I, I'm like, no. I, I, no. I, I looked at them and I said, guys, I, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm like, I don't care if you want to, but I'm not going to sit here and listen to you two role play out a sex scene. Yeah. And do stuff like that. Um, I, 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 as John puts it, as we, we did it in the pre-pre-ramble, uh, the boot scene. Yeah, the like, boot scene, like... I mean, we we told about how uh, Dragonlance, there's a scene with Tannis and Kataria where obviously she's flirting with him, and then it fades, and the next scene they're in together, he's putting his boots on. Yeah. No one has any illusions about what happened there. Everyone knows. Yeah. You don't need it. It's not that kind of book. I mean, granted, I've read mostly vampire-style books that have the much more detailed, and if that's <laughs> your thing, that's your thing, yeah. but that's not really role-playing topic. Or, or if it is, I don't want to be a part of it. That's, that should that's definitely one be... of your session zero discussions yeah. right yep. there. Which, you know, a lot of recently I've been, you know, when every time we get something of like, one of the topics is, what's a trigger that you don't want to cover in, you know, a game or something that's going to happen type mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, I really don't want to <clears throat> have anything that has to do with rape. I'm like, okay, I get that. No problem. One of my that's... friends was like, I don't. She said, I don't want to play anything, uh, you know, where there's romance. I don't want, I don't want like, great romances. Well, happening. do you not want romances at all, or do you not want romances for your character? That's the difference. I, I think maybe it was just for her character, but... Sounds cool. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't try and... I mean, romances, have... yeah, I mean, it's, maybe it's not what you want in a game. Maybe it is what you want in a game. There are people who there are people in there who just want their characters to to you know form that relationship you know full fantasy. There's a lot of romance and a lot of fantasy. You know they want the Arwen to their Aragorn or what have you. Yeah, and that's fine if they do, but you need to make that clear. In fact, that should probably be in your backstory or, or your private conversation potentially with the uh, DM or GM just so they know what you're looking for. Never hesitate. To tell the GM privately exactly what you're looking for in a game, uh, like uh, our our gnome necromancer in our game we just started, uh, has this whole plan for using you know zombies and skeletons to take menial labor away from the people and make life better. <clears throat> and he's he's role playing. He's like you know when they hire him to do this job, he's like I'd really much prefer your influence towards my cause. And I'm like hell yeah, I like that. You know, but you know that's there. You know that's something that's going to happen. As long as it's communicated, it's all good. And if anyone has a problem with it, you take it privately, and then maybe you guys come to a proper agreement, one, one, you know, in the middle there. But you've got to communicate it. Communication is the key to fucking everything. Seriously. And we had, in our, in our old in-person group, we had the, and, you know, fade to black. Yeah, fade to yep. black is another one. I'm sorry. I, I just had a John moment. You had a John oh. moment. Phrasing, communication yeah. is the key I, to I fucking know exactly. everything. <laughs> everything. Yep. I stand by what I said. 
I was like, oh, <laughs> that one's good. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to let him finish his, what he's saying, and then I'm going to laugh and then bring it up. <laughs> yep. I, 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 I caught it and chose not to address it because, you know, it works that way, too. Uh-huh. I, I mean, so Lady B says, if someone cannot respect someone who, who says no to rape and Dina game, they need to fuck off, which is absolutely true. Yes. Uh, in fact, I'll be honest, my uh, ex-roommate, Creamkins, had a problem. She thinks that no media ever needs that subject at all, and I agree with her. Mm-hmm. If that's pivotal to your story, kind of a new story. Yeah, and that's, right, and that's stuff that you go over in, like... <laughs> In in the session zeros, like, hey guys, I want to do this story, and I want to have people in it, but this is a heavy horror theme, where yeah. people are going to sure be there's chances of people going to die and heavy. That should be in your elevator pitch. Yeah, type thing. So, yeah, expectations, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can say fantasy, and people expect D and D when you play different system. It might be a little more deadly, a little not. That might surprise you a little bit, but you got to be flexible with that. But as long as you communicate what you're looking to play, it'll work. You know, like the first se the session zero, I, I told to Jason, who's a new player to our group. He's in our larger group, but mostly on the miniature games section. He didn't has never role played with us before. So I went over things, you know, stuff like, hey, if I get a rule wrong, that's fine. If it's not disruptive and you can show me right then, we'll change it. If not, show me after the game. We'll do it differently in the future. And we had that first session. He's, you know, one of the guys like, I don't think that works like you were using it. It didn't really matter, though. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll read it and, and take a look. You know, it's that kind of thing should be done. That's the whole point of having it. Or, and it's more important if you're playing with people you don't know. And that's, Correct. I think, where these fucking, let's go call them grognards, who are like, you don't need session zero. Well, yes, if you've played with the same group for 30 years, you don't need session zero because you guys are good friends and you know each other. Mm -hmm. But, if you're bringing new people into your groups, like you fucking should from time to time, <laughs> you need to have a session zero so people can explain it. You need to bring people in. You need to expand your group. Like, honestly, we have two groups uh, of our of our larger group running games differently. At some point, if we're both ending around the same time, I want us to, like, intermingle the groups and get some people to swap so we all get some different experiences. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, that may not happen. They may be comfortable with their group. Mike may be comfortable with my group. But sure. we should at least talk about it so we keep getting people, you know, enjoy it. Maybe maybe Jason wants to play D&D, &D and I know they're going to play D&D, &D and it is very unlikely I'm going to run D&D. &D. Uh, but, but you would you know, play it. Of course I would. I play just about anything. I don't really care. I don't get a chance to play almost ever. What? I mean, the last game we had was in person right as COVID started, and I have found uh, at that point it was a little difficult to do uh, online gaming, so I have not played uh, much at all in the past, let's just say decade. That's a good round number. <laughs> it's the always the always the bridesmaid ever the bride sort of yep. thing. Well, I I've been I've been doing it all online lately. So that's why I've been playing so much. Is, yeah. is, is online there is a Discord that that I'm in and and we were we were all doing D and D and then the guy who was running all this D and D stopped and then we decided what if other people of us, you know, then 
B wanted to start running a couple games. She had never run games before, so you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. We ended up in the the D and D and Thirsty Sword Lesbians games, which have been hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's all good, but you know, it's it's finding the games is tough. So sticking with the group is important. That's why communication is key. Honestly, the the right lead in, letting people know what you're doing, will solve a lot of these problems before they happen. Like honestly, Kathy, the problem you had probably should have been. Uh, noted before you joined. You know, hey, this is what we're doing. We do a lot of, uh, you know, acting out and role-playing and not a lot of uh, murder-hoboing and dungeoneering. Yeah. It's at a point where it's at a point where I feel like I'm the old grognard of song and story where I should be ashamed of being a murder hobo if yeah. I kill somebody who's trying to kill me instead of try to talk to them. No. You should never be ashamed for playing your game. You know? You, you play your game the way you want. Being a murder hobo is a long and storied tradition of D&D and role-playing games in general. Like, if people are attacking my character and my well. character is a fighter... They are going to kill back. A wise man once said, if someone tries to kill you, you kill them right back. I feel like that was soon too, because that seems like something smart. Uh, actually, was, uh, <laughs> uh, Malcolm Reynolds, actually. I know it isn't, but you know. <laughs> probably that was probably more of Confucius, honestly. Anyways... No, I just get this whole now. Now, murder hoboing is bad, and and it's like the stereotypical D and D. Your party's murder hobos. You go raiding through dungeons, killing everything in your path unthinkingly. I mean, I mean, if sure. I civilized. They wouldn't I've, live in a dungeon. I've absolutely played in games like that. Oh yeah. But but in a game where you know. People kind of guilt you for killing somebody. Granted, it was a baby mimic. As a mimic, mimic wants to kill anything, and so it doesn't matter. It was a baby mimic. Look, um, look. It was disguised as a piano. My character didn't know that a small piano equals a baby mimic. I wouldn't even notice that. My character is like a 20-year-old bugbear. Practically a teenager. I mean, good lord. I mean, a baby mimic seems like good eating for a right? bugbear. Right? This is what I'm saying. No, no, Bania. No mimic familiar. <laughs> See, and that's oh. just the sort of thing my friend was advocating. But we were like... I. After after this whole thing played out. No, see, that'd be okay if someone's like, no, I want to take the mimic and I want to raise it to be my familiar. Then you know the whole party's going to be like, I mean, all right, I'm for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's just the player has a deep love for mimics as opposed to her character, so. Hey, here's some funny D&D story. 
the amount of times that I've had to face a mimic can be counted on precisely zero appendages because it's never. We had a so Mizzy my friend has. Jim my friend Jim used to throw door mimics at us a lot. We got to be really good friends with one door mimic. <laughs> okay. To the point where we unhinged him and would bring him food too. I'll be honest, that sounded like that was a pun waiting to happen because you unhinged him. Unhinged him, yeah. <laughs> now, so that he could escape. He, like, hopped. I feel like it was a Looney Tunes moment, you know? So, so like, Where they had mimics. Door like, is like, mimic couldn't change. Oh, my God. That's, that's like some evil wizard shit there. They got, it, like, enslaved mimics that can't move, and they don't want to necessarily eat you, but they're fucking oh, hungry, yeah. and they're a door. Their they're coming job, through. Their job is a door and not to let people through it. And to eat them. So we were like, what if we bring you food? Because, <laughs> like, I, it, it's really difficult for me to go out and, you know, get food. We negotiated. Because that's what you do with mimics, right? Mm, I mean, something I've faced precisely zero? Sure. The only <laughs> mimics I've faced were in freaking uh, the Borderlands Tiny Tina's. Uh, uh, <laughs> expansion, and uh, you did not. Uh, you, you you killed them with extreme vengeance and prejudice. My mimic loving friend would have been so proud of us because we really were a bunch of murder hobos in that particular group, and yet we did not kill the door mimic. We we formed a bond, a strange bond with him. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes that happens. But she won't. She won't live it down. She won't let us live it down that we killed uh, the baby mimic. But I mean, to be fair, its parents were trying to kill us and eat us, and we didn't know that it was a baby. We I mean, thought it was it... a small piano that was trying to kill us. Look, I don't care what it is. If it's trying to kill you, you kill it right kill back. It right back. That's called self-defense. You don't just throw a baby monster in front of a bugbear and then hope that warm fuzzies happen. No, no. I, I would expect the bugbear to eat it. <laughs> so, there you go. Let's sum up. Uh, you should have session zero. If you're coming into a campaign late, you should hope they give you the proper elevator pitch so that you can know what the game's about so you can plan your expectations accordingly. And then if you have to extricate yourself, just communicate and be, be nice about it. <clears throat> Wheaton's Law comes into effect with all things. Don't be a dick. Just say, hey, this isn't my game. Not really enjoying it. You know, I've had these experiences. There's a lot of reasons. Content. I mean, you, you could even be playing a game where they're not following the source material to your satisfaction. You know, if you're playing Star Wars and they're not, it's not feeling like Star Wars, maybe you need to extricate yourself. Because <clears throat> even if you haven't had a session zero or anything, by playing a existing property, you are offering up the expectation that it's going to meet the genre and feel of that particular property. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't expect to go into a Witcher style role playing game and to be nice and fuzzy. I expect it to be a bit brutal and and grimy. Mm -hmm. 
but you know, if you go into you know any other game, you can expect whatever it is. You know, you're expecting, you know, you're whatever to that come is. Come up with the like the happy, the happy, touchy, feely kind of role playing game, and trying to think of one. Uh, how about the other end? Blue Rose or. Dallas, go, the Dallas role-playing game. I was going to say Game of Thrones. You go into Game of Thrones, you're expecting political machinations and shit, not yeah. and death. just... And death. Not just murder hoboing around and that, you know? You yeah. just have to have I the proper have... expectations. But I'm if you like... go Willow, you expect a little bit of silliness, a little yes. bit of frivolity, and a little bit of romance. You expect that sort of high those fantasy tropes to come through. Or if That's you play paranoia. playing right there that with the with the willow sort of feel to it. Willow, I think, is what D and D should aspire to in most cases. A little more high magic than Willow. Willow's a little low magic uh, group, but still the have, overall still have magic though. Yeah, but the, but the overall feel of it, the the adventuresome, mm-hmm. whimsical, humorous feel, yeah. and but still serious moments. So, there you go. Make sure you're communicating with people. Communication is the key. Where is our Willow role-playing game? I mean, some things don't need it. So, here's the thing. Willow, there's so little said about it. You could literally fill a small pathlet. And if you go into the novels that came afterwards, you may or may not be pleased with where they went. I, we will see, because there is a Willow TV show. I can steal for when I run a game. Yeah. Um, so, Gonzo, there's no guarantee that they're going to use the novels to no. make. I've read no. the novels. I enjoyed them, but I also understand that a lot of people... So, here's the best way of me saying it. If you really got had a problem with the way Terminator Dark Future went, with its twist in the beginning, and if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If you have a problem with that, do not read the Willow books. You will not like them. Yeah, I don't know anything about the Willow book, but I did see the promos for the TV show, and I'm interested to see it. Well, of course, I'm interested. It's it's Willow. Willow's awesome. Until the until Lord of the Rings came out, Willow was the gold standard of fantasy movies. Sorry, Beastmaster. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, as the being a fantasy movie for a while, I actually think Beastmaster was the gold standard. Well, for the, yeah, for the uh, beefcakes it, with broadswords movies. Oh yeah, I mean, let's let's. Uh, I mean, I guess there's a lot more D and D to it than something like Conan, which was very not D and D. No. The first one and the second one got a little closer, but it was a little. Sword and sorcerer. Sword, ah, sword and sorcerer. Oof. I still have a place in my heart for that movie, and it's it's even worse than Beastmaster, but it, it's glorious. Yeah. Uh, Captain Mizzy, yes. Back in the day, our fantasy uh, standards were very low. That's oh, yeah. true. Like, we could not dream of a Lord of the Rings trilogy like we got. No, no. Like, it's so much that, like, literally Willow, what we came out was immediately the gold standard. Nothing came close. Yep. I mean, woof. Fantasy there was, was tough. Uh, it was, like, three movies... In, in a similar time, it was Willow and Princess Bride and Lady Hawk. Oh, Lady Hawk was always—I always loved that. 
Lady Hawk was good, but it was a little. It's more me- medieval. Re- little, little too real worldy. Yeah, but it was still solid. Yeah, yeah I mean, obviously we we enjoyed the crap out of that movie as well. But um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Princess Bride also weird. It's not quite fantasy like we want, but it kind of is. But I mean, it's a masterpiece. I feel like also. they both are fantasy, but obviously they're just different different stories or different styles. Yeah. I sort of put Lady Hawk in with the Robin Hood type stuff where it's, you know, a little more real worldy, which is if what you want, that's fine. But not always be everyone's cup of tea. So Mo said, Willow came after Beastmaster, so it should be better quality of film, but Beastmaster is a masterpiece. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Masterpiece. You know I love me some Beastmaster. I'm oh, sure yeah. you've heard me say it. But I did rewatch it a couple of weeks ago. And while I loved it, <laughs> I would not say that it's a masterpiece. Also, neither is Sword and Sorcerer, but I absolutely encourage you to find that shitty copy on <laughs> on YouTube for free. Because that's the only place you're going to find it unless you watch the Rift Tracks one. To fair, the Rift Tracks one. Or Mystery Science Theater 3000, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know which one. I mean, honestly, like, if you're on Amazon, like, there's a lot of Rift Tracks on Amazon. It actually is a good way to watch a movie because it's it takes there. the edge. It takes the edge off of some of those terrible movies. Sword and Sorcerer is, uh, the Rift Tracks version is on Amazon right now. It deserves Rift Tracks. I don't think you could Rift Tracks Beastmaster. I don't think that's really fair to Beastmaster. You know, because it doesn't really have any problems that are, you know, it's not in the same category as Sword and Sorcerer, let's say. Yeah, maybe not as many crazy it things. W- I don't think it'd be as, as worth it, because, I mean, you can only make fun of certain things so much. Like, eh, it's fine. But I was, when I watched Sword and Sorcerer, I had been reading through, I forget which Conan novel it was. Uh, and I'm looking at Sword and Sorcerer going, you know what? This movie is better and more true to Robert E. Howard's Conan than Conan the Barbarian movie. True, but Conan the Barbarian's a masterpiece, even if it's well, not necessarily true to Robert Howard. It Howard's. is, it is. But the other one, Sword and Sorcerer, Watches like you're reading that old, you know, Conan written in the 1930s kind of thing. It's got that cheesiness to it. It's it's very pulpy, and I, yeah. I love it. There's a lot of those that are that are of various degrees of pulpiness. The whole Deathstalker series has that sort of pulpiness, though it is not of high quality by any stretch. Please don't expect that. Um. But again, like I said, fantasy is just it was such a weird beast for so long for movies. Like it's bad enough that if that D and D movie had come out before Willow, it would have been the gold standard of fantasy movies. <laughs> just so everyone's <sighs> sure about that. I feel like when the new D and D movie or series or whatever comes out, we're gonna have to watch that all as a group or something. Oh, I think oh, so. Yeah. That might actually have to be us get on Discord and watch it as a group or something because <laughs> that might mm-hmm. be the only way forward. Jeff Wallach still owes me one because for his birthday we saw that in the theater. 
<laughs> yeah. But you know, if you are going to be at a Depticon, let me just rub salt in that wound. Please don't. It, it, it's, it's gotten worse yeah, since. Yeah. 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 This week was particularly <laughs> shitty. But, Is it media section time? Uh, we can be. We're talking about media sure, anyway. Might as well change to that. Or you're still painting, so it's all good. Yeah, I'm almost done. That's what I was asking. Almost done. Also, another. Another double feature I kind of want to do is I kind of want to do Conan the Destroyer with uh, the Scorpion King, because those movies are cut from the same cloth. Ah, that would be fun. I saw the Scorpion King in the theater. Ooh. I did, too. I, I enjoy the Scorpion King. Is it a good movie? No. But is it a great movie? Yes. <laughs> oh, no, that's... that's that, we'll what, talk about, what? Oh, We'll talk about that soon. The swordfish double feature. I don't feel like I need to see that. Oh, no. You've already seen half of the swordfish double feature. We'll be talking about it. Okay. Shortly. Oh, really? Hackers, Hackers okay. is the first part of the swordfish double feature. Do you just want to jump in, Gonzo, and start talking about Hackers since we all watched that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm almost uh, done with this, and we'll switch to the screen, but yeah. So the reason why... This uh, the why the why swordfish is the other half of the hackers will feature is because both those movies involve hacking that is in no way, shape, or form remotely like what hacking really is. What? <laughs> no. I'm here to tell you, you've been lied to, and it's not like it appears in the movie Hackers. That is not how hacking necessarily works. You mean it's not this Technicolor stream of Vibrant. I mean, in Shadowrun, around. it might be. In Shadowrun, it might be because you're uh, you're you're jacking into a uh, augmented reality. Can I just say about those floating numbers everywhere thing? That's I'm pretty sure that movie's where that that fucking meme started. I hated that every time <laughs> it started doing that. But I would, is this, I, that's the most real part go, of it some other place my brain would be off I would, I would I'd be starting out watching this little montage thing with the numbers and the floating things and the music and the music was fine but I would start thinking about other things because nothing was happening in front of me well the funny thing is the numbers is actually a realistic point because like when you're looking at code it's sort of like all that that's why I don't look at code I mean, yeah. That's why I'm not a coder. <laughs> or a hacker. <laughs> so, for those of you who haven't seen it, Hackers is a, I'm going to say, 1992-ish 1995. Movie. 1995? Uh-huh. Holy shit. 1995 movie starring Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie and Matthew Lillard. We're not going to forget oh, Matthew Lillard because he, he fucking... He was my favorite. Oh, he he chews fucking scenery in all the right ways. And um, Fisher Stevens in a non uh, non Indian face, if you will, since he was in both short circuit movies. And then I saw this, and I'm like, oh, that's the same guy. That was not okay. Because he is a white dude who was playing an Indian dude in both the first two short circuits, who oh, plays yeah. the plague, the uh, the corporate. Uh, Evil hacker. corporate uh, 
With Penn Gillette as his, like, uh, random <laughs> funny. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't that Penn Gillette? It is. Uh, so, yeah. Hackers is essentially the story of Johnny Lee Miller, who is, was, when he was 11 or 12, hacked and shut down 1,507 systems uh, as a... Uh, his name Zero Cool, oh, <laughs> and then of course was sentenced to probation. Could not touch a computer till his 18th birthday. Fast forward later, it's his 18th birthday. They make that abundantly clear. Happy birthday! He's a little behind in school since he's starting his senior year in 18, but that's understandable since he was, you know, kind of in house arrest for a while. And he gets to, uh, you know, meet the hackers in the local city and get with them. And then, of course, shenanigans happen. The subculture. The subculture. Um, this movie is to hacking and such what Fast and the Furious is to driving and such. <laughs> that is a, that's a fair comparison. Yeah. No, um, uh, Patrick Stewart was not the villain at all. He was not in this movie. No, he was not. It would have been great if he was, but there's not really oh, yeah. a role for him in this. Though I could see him delivering the same lines as uh, was Fisher Stevens, and it would have been epic as fuck. <laughs> oh. This movie, it is the best and worst of its time. Um, so, the reason we call it the, you know, this and Swordfish are really the two big hacker movies. There are some other ones, but these are the two big ones. And this is a way more fun ride than... Uh, Swordfish, but Swordfish is a much more action movie with hackers on top. I haven't seen Black Hat. It didn't do well. I don't think it's a big deal, Banyan. I've heard Chris Hemsworth is not his best in that. Wait, uh, but he's this wearing is... a shirt the whole thing? Ha ha! And then you hear it. <laughs> um, but no, this, this is a fun ride. Um, it never gets too serious, despite the fact there's really some serious stuff there. Capsizing oil tankers is no bueno. But it keeps the kind of frivolous thing. It never really gets... Despite the fact that the authorities are pointing guns at people with reckless abandon, uh, it never really gets threatening or all. And it's just kind of... Uh... It's a fun ride. Uh the interplay between most of them is pretty good, though um, the Hispanic one and Matthew Lillard absolutely steal the show. They are just fun. But you end up liking all the characters, even Joey, though he's kind of a putz. Yeah, well, he's cute. But it, it's super fun. You get this backstory. It's not deep. Don't expect deep. It's kind of a love story told in a weird way. It's it's very much a fucking nineties movie. It oh is yeah, super it duper really 90s. was. 100%. It really was. There was skateboarding and rollerblading and I, yeah, Colors. there was skateboarding so random. I was like, why is he riding behind the limousine on a skateboard to grab the disc from his hand? I don't understand. Because it's the nineties. Okay, I was alive in the nineties. It wasn't cool then. <laughs> he wasn't cool. 
He was zero cool. Now that these people were cool. I know. That was Mr. The Plague. Yeah. (laughs) That Uh, was, it was such the nerdiest group. I mean, uh, Acid Burn was cool. Angelina Jolie's character was cool. She was the only person in the entire movie that was cool. Pretty much. Uh, you know, Matthew Lillard was else... so. I think Matthew Lillard, or serial killer as his character was, he was, was amazing. So, he was so uncool. He looped back around to being cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a lot of fun stuff. It is definitely a product of his time. Uh, not everyone's going to enjoy it. I enjoyed the absolute fuck. Out I of enjoyed Bane the hell out it. of it. It was right, so. I... It was funny. There were only those moments where it was just like. They went all trippy with the the music and the screen with throwing floating numbers at you and stuff. And I was like, can they just cut to somebody doing something now? Because I'm losing focus. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the montage of uh, Johnny Miller typing on the computer while everyone around him does other stuff and numbers flash? Yeah, yeah. It, it's just the camera rotating around him while he's, you know, yeah. and I'm like, could we just move to the part where something's happening before I, oh, what am I having for dinner? Let's see. What... <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy the crap out of it. It's fun. I love when they have their little contest against the anti, the, the Secret Service head of the anti-hacker task force in their that area. That poor guy. I was like, that poor guy is just trying to do his job. I feel bad for him. I never felt bad for him, but then again, I looked at this from today's lens, and I'm like, I'm not sure how many laws they just violated, but boy. Oh, yeah. There. Okay. Don't look at this from a legal standpoint. It is not illegal. (laughs) That is what John had when he watched Hackers today. I did. Actually, I I started with some wings and had some pizza, and I also had had some little Cinnabons. I had macaroni and cheese. (laughs) That's acceptable. <laughs> uh, did you put hot sauce on it? No, no. Okay. I did throw some sour cream in it, though. Oof. Oh no! Uh, good. That sour good. cream guy. But I'm glad I'll you enjoyed cut it. You then. It's <laughs> <laughs> got harsh real quick. Uh, I, I have to give hackers one space repeat just for just how incredulous it is at points. It passes the point of, okay, I can go to, and it goes to, like, the actual fuck is going on a couple times. <laughs> You're like, I, that's, but, I would agree with that. I would give it a, I would give it a space herpy for, for that and the, the weird montages that took me out of the movie. But other than that, it is totally rewatchable. Uh, mm-hmm. It is also another movie. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it is one that I owned on DVD, but my ex-wife took when she left, and I'm not upset because she loved that movie more than I did. The dumpster dive. Yeah, that was really not a place to get erotic in a dumpster. I'm sorry. Uh, Gonzo, what's your rating? Uh, I give it one of you, like you. Uh, it, 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 it's just good, solid fun, but it's you're looking at this, you're like, the fuck? What? Yeah. Sometimes huh? you're like, the fuck? Or... You know, it, it'll be a mood base. There'll be times you'll watch yep. it, and it'll be like feel like a three space movie. Like the fuck, come on, guys, that's not legal. And times you're just sitting there, maybe having a little bit of something to drink, eating some pizza, and be like, "Fuck yes, hackers." <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which I can say is uh, hack the planet. Hack the planet. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah. And all I could think, all I could think was, uh, you can't stop the signal. Yeah. Can't stop Which the is signal. totally not that is, at all. It but... is the same thing as Hack the Planet, though. It yeah. is the same yeah. vibe. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's else fun. Something? Um, I, I've got I a few. something else. You got a few. Of course you do. You watched all the things. All the things. Not really. I didn't get a chance to a lot of this. I, uh, I, I did not. watch all of Reacher this week. Because uh, okay. John, I'd, I'd messaged John about something because I was like, I don't know about the character as much as John does. I knew of the character, but don't so, know the character. Actually, I'd like to bring up what you messaged me because it's an interesting note. Is Gonzo asked, asked me if the character is supposed to be autistic? Yeah, or somewhere on the spectrum because of the yeah. way the actor. Because I'm watching, I watched the first episode and I'm like, okay, I get this. But the way the character's acting and his facial movements and all this stuff, yeah. I was like, is is. Reacher's supposed to be, you know, a, a spectrum type person. And I messaged John because I don't know. And go ahead. And, and the answer, of course, is no. What you should probably do is there's a clip from the movie, since that is also Jack. They are the same character, technically Correct. speaking. Uh, that's called Get Me Jack Reacher. That goes, it's basically the characters in the movie giving his background. And it's not 100% with this, but it gives you the whole idea. We're basically military brat. Joined the military, went to West Point, and the next time he touched the American soil was discharged and disappeared. Yeah. So while he's not, you know, doesn't have any autism or anything like that, he's not necessarily a fully functioning human being in all ways. Correct. He doesn't know all the things because he doesn't do that stuff. But uh, go on. So I watched it. And after watching the whole thing, um, I, the one way to sum up Jack Re Reacher is everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And that's the best way to put this series. <laughs> I feel like that's a good tagline for Jack Reacher on the whole. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's not a bad show. Um, I got You kind of see some things that are going to happen and how they're going to happen and everything uh, with the series. Uh, but everybody played really well off of each other. The characters mm -hmm. all played off each other very well. Uh, there were some good, funny lines. Um, you're like, yeah, you're going to get your ass whooped. And it's like, you know, just everything that was done with it was done really well. Um, plot line, you can see how it's going to go. It's, it's nothing new or ex exaggerating. It's not, you know, in this mind-bending, mystery-solving, you know, Scooby-Doo shit. It's well, just Well, it there. all depends on how many mysteries you watch and if you've read the books. Correct. But I heard this went really well with the book. It is a 100% port of the first book. Yeah, like, you, everybody says it's really good. for modern technology, because the book's like fucking 25 years old and shit. Yeah. But... but Everybody says it follows the first book really, really well, which is good. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, I'll even go so far as to say Roscoe is actually a more interesting character in this than in the book. But I, I watched it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Thought it was good. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, the plot has a little bit to be desired in it because it's kind of you know you can see the you can see where it's coming, but it doesn't bring it down bad type thing. Um, no, it's getting renewed for another season, or it already got renewed, I believe. It already got renewed for season yeah. two, yeah. Which I'll watch the second season, because it was fun. It was interesting. I hope they... I don't know any of the books at all. I hope it doesn't involve... Every time we go somewhere, it's hook up with one chick, and then leave the chick type thing. Sometimes. 
Not always. Okay. As long as it's I've not read, that, that trope. I've read the first Fiverr books. I mean, for a while it was, but that's sort of like the trope, though. Yeah. But I uh, like it. The, never I, I like Roscoe, that actor. though, because, like, they say something at the end about him and Roscoe. I don't feel like any, mo- most of them, when he's there, there might be something there, but never quite like Roscoe in most cases. Gotcha. Um, the guy that plays uh, Reacher, I liked him in Titans. Um, and so that's where I was like, oh, I know this guy. I assume he played Hawk. Yes, he did play Hawk. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking of Titans. I haven't seen Titans. and I'm like, what role could he play? Probably Hawk. Yeah, he played Hawk. Um, it was enjoyable. It was fun. Didn't have any issues with it. Minor. Uh, so I give it like, you know, a half to one. Especially if it's not your thing. I can see you were like, eh, kind of put off. But it, it's got good action. Some good and lines. It is, and it's, It is very 90s in its execution, sort correct. of story-wise. Because that's when the book was from. Yeah. Very so much, fun. yeah. I would say that's, that's a good interpretation. Very 90s TV badass with a gun and weapons and it's it's a great way I, I love the character because the character is a good way to get a competent sort of police detective in but allow him to do the kind of things he needs to do because the law just gets in the way and it's very much a justice not law it, it, it just cracks me up because anytime the scene comes up and you know there's going to be a big fight or he's going to whoop the shit out of everybody in my head, I was like, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's exactly what happens in this. Uh, and it's good because, like, you know, like I said uh, a couple times, like, Tom Cruise can run Reacher for a movie or two. But when you get into some of the books, you have to have someone big to have this consistently. You know, because otherwise there's some things that just aren't going to fit. Yeah. He backs down single guys a lot, and no single guy is going to back down by Tom Cruise, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, one of the first scenes in there, he walks up and the guy's yelling at his girlfriend. And then Reacher just sort of stares at him and eventually apologizes, like, sorry, man, I'm having a bad day. <laughs> and you're like, all right. And he count him. And he should. He's a big guy. Yeah. And he's got that sort of personality. But that wouldn't make sense if Tom Cruise showed up in that because you're like, you have to guide someone smaller than him. And then it gets a little weird. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, overall, it was good. I, I yeah. recommend it. I like it a lot. It's on Amazon Prime. Yep. Kathy, what you got? I discovered a new Dutch TV show. Oh, cool. <laughs> and it's called Amsterdam Vice. Is it like Miami Vice, just in Amsterdam? Um, it takes place in the 80s. I only watched the first episode. Oh, God. It's nothing like <laughs> Miami Vice. There is <laughs> okay. no Crockett and Tubbs. Uh, but what it is, and what immediately made me go, oh my God, I have to watch this, is I watched... The Bontier Mysteries, which is uh, another Dutch TV show from the, I want to say in the 90s, mm-hmm. and or, or early 2000s, I don't know, anyways, like 20 years ago, uh, and the main character is Inspector Jur, uh de Kok, spelled C-O-C-K, which is C-O-C-K, and, and he always has to say that, like he introduces himself, that's spelled, if somebody's writing it down, it's C-O-C-K. And then they look at him like, hmm. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways, so he's this old guy who's been around the block in, in, in the Bontier Mysteries, which is based off of a series of novels. Uh, but in this one, it moves back in time to, it has to be, I can only guess, 
like 1980, 85, somewhere in there. I don't know. I just, that fits with me and the image of him just starting out as a detective in his 20s or maybe 30, you know, and then, you know, 20 years elapses and he becomes mm-hmm. the older guy. So it's like a prequel series. Uh, and the first episode was amazing and it had to deal with uh, political things that were happening at that time in Amsterdam. And and that's one of the things that I like about the other Dutch series, and this one seems like it'll be the same, is it it, it, uh, it addresses things that are happening in, you know, in the country at the time. And anyways, the other thing that I discovered as I was watching this is, have I even been studying Dutch? Oh my god. The only thing I can understand them saying is Huidag. And th- and that's not even how I'm used to hearing it in my language app. <laughs> well, I mean, it takes a while. They're between what we call, you know, you know, if you will, book Dutch and, you know, and spoken Dutch. It's any language I found. But, I know a whole bunch of school book uh, Spanish, but when they start speaking Spanish, I'm like, whoa, slow oh, down. Yeah, I, it's I don't really. Rails. It's, it's yeah. nuts. But I have a German friend who went and watched the trailer for it, and he goes, okay. And he knows some Dutch. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was fast even for me. That, so don't feel about that. Don't feel bad. Oh, hey, Daniel. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm learning Dutch, and so I was watching a Dutch detective series. Another Dutch Another Dutch detective, Dutch detective Another. series. <laughs> and uh, the first one, the Bontier Mysteries, I watched before I started learning Dutch. And it was actually because of that that I started learning Dutch. But they took that off of my streaming station, or my oh, streaming fuckers. channel. So I couldn't watch it after I started learning Dutch. But now, it's, now got a new one. There you go. Got a new one. And it's got the same character, so it's it's, it's yeah. perfect for you. That's awesome. So yeah. So yes, Daniel, we're talking about language learning in our in our media section where we're talking about our TV shows and movies that we've been watching. So yeah, it was very, very fast. Daniel says, I talk German, Russian, and Spanish, so you can practice anytime any of that idioms with me on my Twitter account. Oh, <laughs> cool. I well, only speak English and bad Spanish, so. I, I don't speak German, but I learn random German words from uh, from a friend of mine when we're chatting. And They're probably very happened. specific German words, because German words, I find, are very specific. They are. Like, uh, I think... Probably one of the first ones I learned was Feierabend, which is uh, the end of your work day. <laughs> I was going to say like Schadenfreude, which is one yeah. that's commonly used in other yeah. languages. Yep. Uh, so you're enjoying your 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 Amsterdam uh, vice, which is cool. I am. I am zero space herpes so far. I have. I'm only one episode in, so give it time. But if you plan on watching more of it this week, well. In a rare thing, I actually watched another movie that was less realistic than Hackers. What? 
Yeah, uh, Bainey and I Friday night watched Predators because I needed something sort of disposable I could just enjoy. Uh, so we watched Predators, which, if anyone's keeping track, is the third Predator movie, oh. unless you count the two Aliens versus Predators, which you shouldn't. If you count those, then it's the fifth. Okay. Uh, it is basically a bunch of special forces and others get dropped onto an alien planet and hunted by Predators. Uh, it's exactly what it says on the tin. It doesn't make any pretense. All the characters are more or less archetypes, so they may not all be true to what they're saying they are. This movie's old enough, I could spoil it. Uh, Adrian Brody is the main tough guy. He's kind of cool, but uh, very mercenary. And then there's a, a female lead who sort of plays sort of a sniper from the Israeli Defense Force. Then a bunch of others. Topher Grace is in it as ostensibly a doctor, but it turns out he's like some sort of fucking serial killer dude. And he actually delivers a great performance that if you watch it multiple times, you can sort of catch the points where he's lying. And you're like, oh, they're not catching that he's lying here and the bullshit he's doing. Um, but it's super fun to watch people fight predators. Um, there's, I mean, let's be honest, it's a predator movie. You're not expecting a ton of character development, though I feel that three of the characters at least have a little bit of development. Uh, Adrian Brody's character, who's like the ultimate, you know, I'm just mercenary out for myself, uh, evolves and comes back and saves other people, which is very out of character from the beginning for him. And uh, the female lead is very much a trying not to be that. You know, she's warring with herself, whether she's going to sit back and hide and not get killed or jump in. And she resolves that in it, which is cool. And then uh, Walton Goggins, who I fucking love in just about everything, plays a pretty reprehensible, you know, FBI's most wanted in prison sort of guy. And he's a bit of a racist and a bastard. And he even gets over that in the short course of the movie, which is kind of <laughs> cool. You know, he sort of gets that idea like, you know, hey, these things are way meaner. I'm fucking barking up the wrong tree here. Uh, it's a fun little action romp. It's not earth shattering or anything. Lawrence Fishburne shows up and chews all the scenery as Lawrence Fishburne just wants to do. Um, Walton Goggins is amusing. I, I would say the cast, for the most part, is very good with Topher Grace and uh, Lawrence Fishburne being sort of standouts for the time they're there. And a little fabricated at points. There's a scene where the Yakuza guy... When they're with a the guy he, who's been surviving, has a katana, he gets the katana. And as they're running away, there's a nice open field, so he stops to buy them time. And you have a samurai duel versus a predator who's only got a blade. So you're like, yeah. that's a little fabricated, but my inner weeb loves it, so I'll fucking give you a pass. <laughs> I think Bane and I decided that we kind of have to give it between one and two, probably two space herpes, because their points are like, uh, grenades don't work that way. And then later, but grenades worked that way earlier, now they don't work that way? <laughs> it's a little problem with internal consistency, a little fabricated, but it's an enjoyable ride. I don't know if it's free anywhere. I have it on Blu-ray because I enjoy the crap out of it. I saw it in the theater. Um, it is probably the second best Predator movie, with obviously Predator being the best. Predator 2 being... I mean, it's a fight with Predator 2, because Predator 2 is underrated as fuck. So, I find 
Predator, Predator 2, and this are a perfect series to watch. You don't need Alien vs. Predator. Those movies are terrible. Mm-hmm. And I hear that the new one, The Predator, is terrible. Haven't seen it, but I might watch it if it's free on uh, Amazon Prime. Um, so, Daniel, there is the Spetsnaz with the minigun, and I liked him, but I thought he seemed a little less competent than the rest. It's a little weird. I don't think he was portrayed fairly. I liked the guy. I thought he was cool. He's actually the one who was protecting the uh, doctor who was a serial killer. Like when he thought he was a doctor, he was protecting him. Showed more heart than most of them, but they didn't give him a lot to work with. And and then the biggest sin of this movie, which I forgot to mention, is Danny Trejo's in it as a Mexican cartel guy, and they <laughs> killed him first. And that's a fucking mistake. How do you kill Danny Trejo first? Oh, how do you kill him? I mean, it's predators to me. I'm pretty sure he is just indestructible. I mean, not in this movie, unfortunately. Must have been an imposter. But again, about two space reviews. It is definitely a good time. Um, I've watched it a ton of times now, so definitely worth catching. Uh, I was just going to say, Mo, that I need to watch Machete. <laughs> I was Shut just going to say that. I glanced up at the screen, and there it was right there. I feel like Mo might be my spirit animal. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Gonzo, hit us with another one of yours. Um, I watched it. Uh, I think it was on Paramount Plus. Uh, Infinite. Infinite is a movie with Mark Wahlberg in it. Uh, he's the main actor. And what it's based off of is... Uh, there are a group of people that be that are reincarnated continuously, nonstop. Mm-hmm. And some of them remember who they were in their past, and some of them don't. And this is about Mark Wahlberg, that he doesn't remember that he's supposed to be this, you know, badass I've guy. seen a preview for this, I think, yeah. Yeah. He's a Cylon? A Cylon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um reincarnated person that's a badass with, you know, weapons and been alive for thousands and thousands and thousands of years type thing. Um, it actually wasn't that bad of a movie. I was expecting it to be pretty piss poor action movie. Um, and it really wasn't bad. Uh, the action was really good. The story was interesting enough. There's a uh, two groups of infinites, ones that want to preserve humanity and ones that want to destroy humanity because they don't want to be resurrected ever again type thing. And, or not resurrected, reincarnated. Um, but it is high action with technology that's not available right now type thing. Like, this lady's driving the car and she's like, Hey, you take over. And she lets go of the steering wheel and the steering wheel sucks into the car and appears on the other side of the car in the passenger side. And so Mark Wahlberg drives from the other. So it's like, it's stuff like that, you know, bullets that do certain things kind of like, uh, wanted in a way with that, that type of weird technology bullets and stuff like that. But overall it wasn't bad. I was, I was, I was pretty happy with it. It kept me entertained. Um, Fight scenes were good. There's a little bit of special effects issues, but nothing huge. Um, but like I said, it's on Paramount Plus. You have Paramount Plus for free. Um, I would give I mean, it probably like one to one and a half space harpies. Okay, but that's a bold move. Banyan, note that movie. It, it, it just wasn't bad. It was, it was pretty decent. I was expecting a lot worse. 
being, you know, everything in there. Uh, also, note that it's probably you've seen it already. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Badeon, what do you give it? What, what what's your assessment of it while while you're here? See that you. It sounds it. like you had low expectations and it exceeded your low expectations, yes. so you're rating it a little too favorably. I probably I probably am. I was I was more I was happy with it. <laughs> it gives it a meh. It gives it a meh. I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't give it the meh, but it would be the upper tier of it. The oh, upper tier plus? of meh. Yeah. Two meths. Too meh. A lot better than a lot of things I've been watching recently, so I'm pretty happy with it. Not a bad it's action a low movie. Low bar. It's a really low bar. Yeah. And I think, that, and you're probably right that I was expecting shit, and I was like, damn, that actually wasn't bad. It wasn't utter shit. It was only sort of shit. I have a rant for expectations and all, but I'll save that because we don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it just it's good to manage your expectations. I had zero expectations for hackers, and I was not disappointed at all. <laughs> you wanted to see hacking, and you saw hacking. I, yeah. <laughs> but other than well, I that, think, I didn't get a chance to watch anything else. I do kind of want to catch up or finish much of season one of Vox Machina at some point. It should be easier to watch because they're half an hour long, but it's been I should tough return to, get to that too. I just haven't. Uh, I have been still watching uh, episodes of Murder in the French de- the French detective show. Yeah, and I took a little break from TV just because, like I said, a heck of a week. I am back streaming again. Luckily, because I took a little break for two days, and now I'm back and having a good time. I know. Uh, also, uh, in case people haven't seen it, the Lord of the Rings Rings of Power trailer came out. Oh, uh, it did. And there's a lot of controversy Twitter. over that. And I'll tell you right now, it doesn't give you enough to make you controversial about it, but I enjoyed oh, no, no. it. No, no. Let, let's let's address the controversy here. It's a quick <sighs> rant. Yeah. If your problem is that are there are black elves and people in your Lord of the Rings, fuck right off with yourself. And your dwarven women don't have beards. That was the other one that people bitched about. That the Fuck dwarven off. woman didn't Hashtag have a beard. not all dwarven women. Come on. Yeah, he even Fuck. says that. It's even said that before. It's not all, but yes. Yeah. The, the two big thing is there was a black elf, and an elf that had short hair. Because um, there was another elf in there that had short hair, and the dwarven woman Heaven didn't have a beard. Fun. Yeah. Heaven I was like. Fun. You are bitching about the stupidest thing. Yeah, go go fuck yourself. Fuck right off with that shit. I'm. Oh, hold on, hold on. We have to talk about this, and we're going over. Gonzo had Captain Izzy watch Ice Pirates. <laughs> the look on Captain Izzy's face that uh, the picture was sent to me from her watching Ice Pirates was epic. <laughs> uh, I think we have to get her on her sometime to tell her. Let her tell her opinion of ice parts in her own words. <laughs> I feel like yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I love ice pirates, but I love it ironically. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's a it's it's a thing. Yeah, the greatest horrible movie. I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. It's so <laughs> cheesy. It's so freaking 
cheesy. And it's got such yeah. good lines. Why did you make it black? Because yeah. I wanted it to be perfect. Yep. <laughs> like, hell yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it is the, is a classic. I, I saw Ice Pirates when I was young. It was on heavy cable rotation. I've yeah, seen yeah. it a ton of times. Oh, yeah. It's quite hilarious. Hilariously bad. <laughs> so... We'll have, to, we'll have to have her on, and she can review next time she comes on on air. She can review. You know what Ice helps Pirates. though to watch that is if alcohol. we could have watched it together, <laughs> also with alcohol. <laughs> alcohol makes movies a lot more watchable. So. Trust me. There are some movies that are just amazing when you're with with a bunch of people watching it. The very first time I saw The Evil Dead Two, I was with a bunch of people, and we had a blast with it. And I absolutely love that movie. Yeah, absolutely. They're watching things with people is a lot more fun in some cases. <laughs> I was not sure when I watched you need more drugs. You need better drugs. Uh, oh, so yeah, so yeah, Daniel has a problem because it's not part of what Tolkien wrote it. It's sort of like he thought the like the new movie was a little far afield. Fair enough. We do need to watch Dune so we can talk about that, but we need to get it to a point where Kathy can watch it easily because she doesn't have HBO Max. Yeah. I need to watch the new Dune. I do too. Let me know when you watch it and I'll watch it too. It's just a bit of a time sink and I can watch like a movie and a half in that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or a movie and watch and play about an hour of Mechware Online. It's still on HBO Max. It's going to be HBO Max forever. Oh, yeah. That'll be there for a while. Da, 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 da. Well, you can outro us while I find it for for uh, Banyan. Someday, hopefully, I can just uh, rent it on Amazon for not much. Oh, I don't mind. I have to go to the theater to see the Batman. Uh, no, uh, Spider Man because it's not going to be on Disney Plus for a year plus because it's going oh, go shit. to oh. it's going to go to uh, fucking uh, stars first. Yeah, I've huh. been hearing all kinds of good stuff about the new Dune, Daniel. Oh, interesting. Um, I only see the trailer. I don't see the actual movie on it right now. Hmm. That's kind of weird. We'll find it. Well. With that said. It is the end of our <laughs> podcast. We appreciate everybody coming on and listening uh, and watching me paint. Don't forget uh, to follow John so he can do some MechWire online. Uh, I yep. wasn't able to do my stuff uh, this week. Uh, hopefully, I can get back on it uh, this Wednesday. Uh, and don't forget to go over to Kathy's channel and watch her stream uh, painting miniatures and reading books on Friday. Be painting miniatures during the week. And, and soon in March, I will be doing something extra on Tuesdays. Yep. Which will be mentioned later when more details are... Finalized. <laughs> Finalized <laughs> type thing. So, guys, we appreciate you. Please please be safe. Please watch what you're doing. Just check on everybody. <clears throat> Make sure everybody around you is safe, too. Um, maybe we will see you at uh, HuckCon 2022 for more than dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. Good night. We're going to send y'all off to Fleeger Dragon. Stick around and give her a like. And a follow. Slap Lecker. Dostidania, Daniel. The last dragon. There we go. Oh, 
Another great, great classic. Last Dragon? Oh, yeah. I feel like I've seen that and I don't remember what it's about. 